Dear loving Father in heaven, thank you so much for giving us the privilege of life. Glory be unto your name for the temporal blessings which you give to us in spite of our iniquities and regardless of our numerous sins. You have been merciful to us. You've made the sun to shine upon us and the rain to fall for us. We worship you and we say glory be unto your name. Dear Lord in heaven, we are gathered here to fellowship with you. And without your Holy Spirit, your word can have no impact in our lives. And without your Spirit, I cannot speak the right words for your children to be blessed. Grant all of us graciously of your Spirit that we will be blessed by your word. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. That I may know him. February 25 Under the Great Teacher Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 when true conversion takes place in the heart, it is made manifest in a transformation of character for those who are converted become Christ-like. Pride no longer lives in the heart. Sin seems abominable. The converted soul hates the thing that depraves his moral sensibilities. He hates that which crucified the Lord of life and glory. Those who are truly converted grow in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And as knowledge of Christ increases, they see more clearly where their own weakness lies. They realize the deep depravity of their natures. They understand the strength of sin and know the power of their old habits. They have a daily sense of their entire inability to do anything without the help of Jesus Christ. Therefore they say to him, I cast my helpless soul upon thee. In my hand no price I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. As the sinner beholds the Lamb of God, he sees more clearly what provision God has made to take away the sins of the world. He sees the sufficiency and adaptation of the Spirit of grace for every conflict. The mysterious provision for the taking away of sin is Jesus Christ. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. 1 John chapter 2 verse 2 the true Christian will not refuse to practice self-denial for Christ's sake. Those who are children of God are earnest workers. They are not slothful servants. They are no drones in the household of God. Every member of the household of faith has his work appointed to him. If he is a learner in the school of Christ, he will learn how to give a testimony, how to pray, how to be a living witness for the Master. The true Christian will be a diligent and constant student. 
he will realize that he lacks wisdom, strength, and experience, and he will place his will and all his interests in the care of the great teacher. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Under the Great Teacher. In the book of John, chapter 1, verse 12, we are told, But as many as received him, that's Jesus, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. We have dwelt so much on this text in previous devotions and what God has been trying to teach us is that the knowledge of God will lead to Christ-likeness. The knowledge of God will will lead us to be sons of God and a son of God. What is the example if you ask what is the son of God? You don't need to define with words. You only need to point to Jesus. That is the son of God. Whatever he is, that is what we are to be. And that's what we looked at in our devotion yesterday. We are told that God has given us this great privilege in, to, to become the sons of God. That's First John chapter 3, verse 1. And we are clearly told in verse 2 and verse 3 that anyone who is a son of God will be like Jesus in this present world. Now are we the sons of God, the word of God says. And it says that our confidence is that as he is, so are we in this present world. First John 4 verse 17. Then, how is it that one may say, I am the son of God, I am a son of God, but yet doesn't have the character of Christ? That is not true. But if you must be the son of God, like I've said before, and we're looking at that today, you must be taught. You must grow. It is not an instant thing to have the fullness of the character of God. We are told in John 1 verse 12 that God has given us power to become the sons of God. The word become shows that there is a process we are to pass through. We are not immediately exactly like Jesus. We become the sons of God. There is a transformation to take place for everyone who will be as a son of God will learn of him. We are to be like him. In him was no sin and he was manifested to take away our sins. We read in our devotion that I may know him, page 62, paragraph 3. As the sinner beholds the Lamb of God, he sees more clearly what provision God has made to take away the sins of the world. He sees the sufficiency and adaptation of the Spirit of grace for every conflict. The mysterious provision for taking away of sin is Jesus Christ. End of quote. So, we need to understand that there is a possibility. Have you seen it? Because we are sinners. But we need to see that there is a sufficiency and adaptation of the Spirit for every temptation and every conflict. There is grace. And it is through that grace that we overcome. And that grace comes through Jesus Christ. As far as Jesus is available for us, there is the grace to give us to overcome every conflict and that is how we become sons of God we grow we learn of him Ephesians 2 reading from verse 1 to verse 7 tells us and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins this is the the process of becoming you are first of all sinners 
dead in trespasses and sins of all kinds. And in verse 2, it goes on to say, Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ, by grace are ye saved, and has raised up us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward, toward us through Christ Jesus. Amen. So what does that tell us? There is a transformation to take place. We are, we are first of all dead in trespasses and sins. We are children of disobedience, walk, walking after the course of this world according to Satan under his, under his tutelage. We learn his ideas. We learn his habits and practices. But remember, redemption is the process by which we are emancipated from the ideas and practices that we have learned under the, to the Lord of this world, that is Satan your prince of this world and this is the process to learn of jesus and god sends his grace to help us romans 12 from verse 1 and 2 tells us i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto god which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed how by the renewing of the mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god now, this is the work that everyone who is a son of God must perform. We must be transformed. But you cannot be transformed in your practices. Perhaps you are listening to me now and you are experiencing, you've taken this devotion, you want to use it as a tool to help you to go through a conversion process, to be transformed. You must understand that there's a work for us to do. We've been talking about it, that we must cooperate with God. There's a transformation to take place and we have our work to do and the work is to renew our minds. Now, of our own selves, we cannot do that. It's the word of God that renews the mind. But we must understand that there can be no change in our habits and practices unless there's a change of mind. Remember that to be like Christ, we are told in Philippians 2 verse 5, let this mind be in you. That is, the, that is the source of the change. It is a change of mind. And when the mind is changed, because the mind is the source of all our actions, once the mind is changed, the actions will be changed. The words will be changed. We will become like Jesus. If we can change our ideas and the way we see things in the world, then there will be a lot of difference. In Romans 7, remember in Romans 7, I won't read everything, but reading from verse 15 downward paul talks about how the good we want to do we are not able to do it we find another law in our members when we are trying to follow the law of god in verse 21 he says i find the law that when i will do good evil is present with me for i delight in the law of god after the inward man this may be your experience you delight in the law of god but yet you see yourself doing evil what is the solution he says but i see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind take note of that word the mind in the mind, there is another law going on there and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Now take note of verse 25. He says, 
I thank God through Christ Jesus our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. What does that mean? That means the flesh will most likely still be craving for evil things. But like Paul said, I die daily. With the mind, I choose to serve God. And by the mind, my actions will not follow what my flesh is craving for. More on this to come later. So, Jesus did not come to save us in our sins. There must be a transformation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God. That's verse 18 now, who reconciled us. So, Jesus did not come to save us in our sins. It is a sad error that many think that they will be saved in their sins. This is not the case. As children of God, we are to be under the great teacher, learning in the school of Christ, and unlearning the things learned in the school of Satan. We are not to retain our own Christ-like characters and say we are sons of God. We can never inherit the kingdom of God in the, that in the state of our sins. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9 to 11, Know ye not? that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. You cannot say, I am a son of God, and yet we are still committing sins like this, effeminate engaged in filthy conversations and practices, telling lies, deceiving, stealing, all these things, worshipping other gods in subtle ways. We must get intelligent. Now, I like 1 Corinthians 6 verse 11. The next verse says, And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Amen. This is how we ought to be. Those who were effeminate were sanctified. Those who were abusers of themselves with mankind were justified in the name of Jesus. In the days of Paul, it is no new thing. People were already effeminate that is practicing the LGBTQ lifestyle. Some were even as far as being abusers of themselves with mankind. Some were even practicing bestiality but these people were transformed brothers and sisters understand what is going on here the lord has power as many as believed on him to give to him he gave what power there is no sin so deep and so great that god cannot remove there is no stain of sin so deep and so bad that the lord does not have the power to eradicate from our lives amen there is hope this is why it is such a great privilege to be called a son of god god is inclusive and not exclusive all are invited to learn under him the character of christ paul was writing to the saints and as you can see among them were people of characters which we will consider to be gross and filthy but as they learned under jesus they were able to get the victory this is the experience we are to have in ministry of healing page 453 paragraph 4 and, and page down to page 454 it says there is a science of christianity to be mastered a science as much deeper broader higher than any human science as the heavens are higher than the earth 
the mind is to be disciplined take note the mind once again this is the learning under the great teacher we learn that our mind is to be disciplined educated trained for we are to do service for god in ways that are not in harmony with inborn inclination hereditary and cultivated tendencies to evil must be overcome often the education of and training of a lifetime must be discarded that one may become a learner in the school of christ our hearts must be educated to become steadfast in god we are to form habits of thought that will enable us to resist temptation we must learn to look upward the principles of the word of god principles that are as high as heaven and that compass eternity we are to understand in their bearing upon our daily life every act every word every thought is to be in accord with these principles all must be brought into harmony with and subject to christ the precious graces of the holy spirit are not developed in a moment courage fortitude meekness faith unwavering trust in god's power to save are acquired by the experience of years by a life of holy endeavor and firm adherence to the right the children of god are to seal their destiny amen end of quote so in this i in this quote i just read now is contained the summary of what we are to experience when we are learning under the great teacher we are to realize that the education we received in the past needs to most times be discarded as you study the word of god do not hesitate to accept that there are some things you have learned in your past from the world from the schools that is not in harmony with the word of god discard it don't take pride in your education if not you want to retain many things you got from there some of us are first class students from the schools of the world and the fact is that your first class means nothing to jesus christ that your first class means you are fe- sometimes we are first class sinners the fact that we are first class in the world many times i'm not saying all the time but many times makes it difficult for us to even accept the word of god because when you come to god you are nobody your bsc your masters your phd is useless you are only a phd in the world but under god you are just a learner and you have to discard your first class don't come to god as a first class student wanting to bring the things you have learned from the world to show that you know something or that you can think or you can reason and you bring the principles of the world uh, into the study of the of the the word of god under the great teacher humble yourself under jesus christ you have nothing to teach him you have nothing to give him that you learned from the world that you would submit to him and say this is what i learned i want to use it to serve you except as you see how those things are in harmony with the word of god if not it is not from him and you need to discard it your inborn inclinations are not in harmony with the things that the lord wants to teach you it makes it even difficult and then your your education makes it doubly difficult but we must learn nevertheless the earlier we discard these things and we do not allow our inborn inclinations to come in the way the better it will be for us and it's an experience of years but then if we are not steadfast we will make it to be impossible to even learn because it says by a life of holy endeavor and firm adherence to the right the children of god are to seal their destiny if you are not firmly adhering to the right you know let me say something if you adhere to the right just for one day you've not learned your habit has not changed your ideas have not really been brought to a change but it is firm adherence for a long time that brings a change of character 
and that's why it says there that we must learn to look upward you must know the principles of the word of god these these principles that are as high as heaven they compass eternity then understand how these principles affect your daily life bring them into your daily life so that every act every word every thought will be brought in accord with these principles know the principles first then let your words thoughts and actions first of all your thoughts because that's where the change begins in the mind let it be in line with the principles and ask yourself this thing i'm saying this thing i am doing and this thing that i am thinking about does it harmonize with the principles of the word of god if you don't know the principles you tell yourself yes it does but you need to research you need to study the word of god that is what it means to be under the great teacher first peter reading chapter 4 verse 1 to 4 tells us for as much then as christ had suffered for us in the flesh arm yourselves likewise with the same mind once again that word has come the mind arm yourselves with the same mind for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin that he no longer should leave the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men but to the will of god for the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the gentiles while we walked in lasciviousness lusts excess of wine revelings banquetings and abominable idolatries wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot speaking evil of you what does that tell us now that if you are transformed there will be a change in your life your friends will see it and they will think it's strange you're no longer doing these practices with us anymore and they can testify that you are a different person we are told in our devotion today that i may know him page 62 paragraph 2 when true conversion takes place in the heart it is made manifest it's not something hidden it's made manifest people will see it in a transformation of character for those who are converted become christ-like and the next statement tells us what we had one one place where there is a change. It says, "Pride, pride no longer lives in the heart. Sin seems abominable. The converted heart hates the thing that it deprives his moral sensibilities. He hates that which crucified the Lord of life and glory." Those who are truly converted, they grow in knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And as knowledge of Christ increases, they see more clearly where their own weakness lies. They realize the deep depravity of their natures. They understand the strength of sin and know the power of their old habits. They have a daily sense. Every day, you understand your inability to do anything without the help of Jesus. And therefore, they say, I cast my helpless soul upon thee. In my hand no price I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. End of quote. You see, this thing I just read now is very, very important for us to understand what true conversion is. We are in the process of being converted. And we must come to a place where we are not just avoiding sin, but that we are hating sin. This is what it means for us to have no evil propensity. We are told that we have that promise. Jesus had no sinful propensity. We have sinful propensities, but we can overcome every sinful propensity. That means, like Jesus, we can learn under him and come to a place where we are not just running away and avoiding sin, but we come to a place where we see it and it is repulsive to us. That sin becomes abominable to us. Now, do not be discouraged because you see in yourself that you are even partaking of sin. You are not even running away from it yet. 
And don't be discouraged that you see in yourself that you are just in the stage of running away from it. Your flesh still loves it. You still are finding sin pleasurable. It's a process. Pray to God to bring you to that position where you do not just run away from it, but you hate it. But do not understand me to mean that you should also relax. Even though I'm saying you shouldn't be discouraged, you should realize that you need to pick yourself up and put in effort to overcome and come to a place where you come away from sin and hate it. Ephesians 4, reading from verse 17, delineates what the converted life should experience. Some of the things that we should put away from our lives and what we should bring in to our lives. It says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling, have given themselves over to lasciviousness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If you are not a great teacher, you will not be doing this. Going on verse 21, it says, If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. So what are we to put away? The old man that is corrupt, greed, pride, envy, hatred, jealousy, malignity, evil speaking and suspicion, lustful practices like we've mentioned before, effeminism, haters of God, abusers of yourself with mankind, and all kinds of sexual sins, lying, and all of that. Put all these things away, he says. And verse 24, it, it says and 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's where the transformation takes place, in the mind. Going on, he says, wherefore, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, Speak every man the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, walking with his hands, the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Those words that you swear, using the name of God in vain. So many Christians, so-called Christians, Christians, they use the name of their Lord in vain and they teach others to do the same. They are very careless in things like this. And it says here, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Trifling conversations, jesting and joking. We'll get to that. But that which is good to the use of a divine, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And down to chapter 5 from verse 1, it says, Be ye therefore followers of God and their children, and walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savour. But fornication, this is what the converted life should be like. It says, but fornication and all uncleanness. By the way, the word uncleanness refers to how you even eat. 
the word of god teaches us that there are certain things certain practices that are unclean it doesn't have to do with sexual things what you put into your mouth how you take care of your body how you clean yourself the word uncleanness is simple there's no there is no uh breaking down of the thing uncleanness means unclean when you are not clean and go and check the book of leviticus you'll see so many things the word of god said that when you do them you are unclean and that is what uncleanness is about it says fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness let it not be once once named among you as become saints as we are becoming children of god there are some things that it's he says that these ones let it not even come once in your life and perhaps you look at yourself and say oh i have been i have been involved in these things already sons of god who have been involved in this the lord is merciful and is giving you another opportunity let it not be once named among you he says and then going on verse 4 now neither filthiness this one too should not be once named among you so it's not just fornication and uncleanness and covetousness that should not be named once it says neither filthiness let it not be once named among you nor foolish talking once should not be named nor jesting which are not convenient but rather giving of thanks if you are a worldly person if you are a christian who who is in the world you don't know that jesting is wrong so you go to youtube facebook and there's so much jesting tiktok most things that people do are living jests pranks and you watch these things the word of god urges us today please let it not be once named among you put away these things as becometh saints if you are becoming children of god if you have power to become sons of god your pleasure will not come from these things life will not be boring to you without jesting joking and pranks you would find pleasure in the study of the word of god he says rather giving of thanks for this you know that no whoremonger to me whoremongering is about scrolling from one person to another on a porn website from one woman or from one man to another and deriving pleasure from watching those things that is whoremongering you don't need to go and sleep with any harlot for you to be a whoremonger the world you see satan has made whoremongers out of many people many christians today it's a sad thing. I, I, I know that God understands the kind of temptation that we have to face in these last days. It's no small thing. I'm not saying these things in condem- in condemnatory way. Not at all. Because I understand what it's like. But I'm saying it to give you hope. To make you understand this is what you are doing. Pornography is the same thing as whoremongering. Going from one woman to another or from one man to another. It's whoremongering. That's what it is. And the devil has plugged many Christians into whoremongering. But the Lord wants to teach us and give us power to, 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 be, to get the victory. He's giving us this power. He says, no, you need to realize that prayer is really important. Because I don't need to just mention the things that you shouldn't do. But to tell you how. Remember what we read in Ministry of Healing. Uh, page 454 and 453 also we're told there that we must realize that every christian okay we read it actually test uh, that i may know him page 62 paragraph 2 that when we have a daily sense of our inability to to do anything without the help of jesus then we will be very prayerful we'll always be saying i cast my helpless soul upon thee in my hand no price i bring simply to thy cross i cling you're not going to plead to god saying oh because of this and this i did for you please help me no you are pleading for god 
please come to my life and deliver me from this body of sin. I have seen my weakness. I've seen my helplessness. I've seen my inability to help myself. Lord, help me. And the Lord will not fail to help you while you do what you are supposed to do. The word of God tells us, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. There must be constant prayer in the mind. Whenever any temptation comes in the mind, a suggestion from the devil to do evil, the Son of God who has power will pray and ask the Lord, Lord, please help me. I am not like this. This is not me. This is not my thoughts. Lord, help me to put it away. And then you get the victory. And you have to do this continuously, not just once. It must be a constant thing. That is what it means to abide in Christ. And whosoever abideth in him, sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth has not seen him, neither known him. And then we are told in Ephesians 5, reading from verse 5, For this you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. If we are under the great teacher, we will have this kind of experience where we hate sin. Like I said, it's a process. But we must come to that place where we actually hate sin. Reading now from Testimonies, Volume 1, page 158, paragraph 1 and downward, it says, I saw that unless there is an entire change in the young and also in the old, a thorough conversion, they may despair of heaven. From what has been shown me, they are not more than half of the young who profess religion and the truth, who have been truly converted. If they had been converted, they would bear fruit to the glory of God. Many are leaning upon a supposed hope without a true foundation. The fountain is not cleansed. Therefore, the streams proceeding from that fountain are not pure. Cleanse the fountain and the streams will be pure. If the heart is right, your words, your dress, your acts will all be right. True godliness is lacking. I will not dishonor my master so much as to admit that a careless, trifling, prayerless person is a Christian. No, a Christian has victory over his besetments, over his passions. There is a remedy for the sin-sick soul. The remedy is in Jesus, precious Savior. His grace is sufficient for the weakest and the strongest must also have his grace or perish. And then we are told, that's the grace now. I saw how this grace could be obtained. In case you are wondering, how do I get the victory? Here, listen, it says, Go to your closet and there alone plead with God. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Be in earnest, be sincere, fervent prayer availeth much. Jacob-like, wrestle in prayer, agonize. Jesus in the garden sweat great drops of blood. You must make an effort. Do not leave your closet until you feel strong in God. Then watch. And just as long as you watch and pray, you can keep these evil besetments under and the grace of God can and will appear in you. Amen. Amen and Amen. I wouldn't want to go any further. I want to leave us with this particular passage I just read, this quote that talks about how we can be converted when we learn under Jesus and we want to become sons of God living lives of purity and holiness it's a life of consistent constant battle with self and with sin with temptations without and within and there is constant prayer 
I know that one thing that many Christians lack is a prayerful life. We do not pray even up to a quarter or a quarter of quarters we should. There needs to be a constant lifting of, of the heart towards God. That in your daily activities, everything you do, you shouldn't trust yourself. There should be the mind that is always praying to God, Lord, help me. When you are in conversations with people, pray to the Lord, Lord, help me that this conversation do not, does not go to the wrong direction. When you are engaging your daily duties, there should be a lifting up of the heart towards God. And suddenly temptation comes in your mind. Because you have been constantly praying, you will also commit that temptation to God in prayer. And you will certainly get power. And if it's so difficult, you should go on your knees, like we said, Jacob-like, wrestle with God and he will give you the victory. And when you get the victory, be careful not to walk away from the Lord, forgetting where you came from. Remain in him and continue to drink from that fountain. And you will certainly have that experience that first of all, the sin you are practicing, you will find yourself turning away from it and later on not just turning away but you'll find the temptation to commit that sin loathsome you will find it this the sin abominable and you will hate it may this be our experience let us pray thank you dear father for these blessings you've given to us through these words bless every soul now who is consecrating themselves to you and i pray help us give us the grace to put all we have learned in practice that we may be sons of God indeed. In Jesus' name of prayer. Amen. This message was brought to you by the Angel with a Strong Voice, a ministry dedicated to preparing people to stand true to God and be ready for His imminent return. For more information and free online resources, please visit www.tawas.org That is www.tawasv.org or contact info at stars.org.